Hey, everybody, it's Lee. I know we're heading into the offseason, so we wanted to give a shout-out to our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena, one more time. And again, we have a coupon for $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at hockey.sensearena.com. I always like to remind everybody, I've been using this thing for six months, and I'm just blown away, not just from the VR aspect of it and the virtual reality side of things, but the ability to give different perspectives of the game, whether I'm playing as a goaltender, and I got to admit, it is really hard, but it has really given me a perspective from that point of hockey, which has made me a better coach and a better ice hockey player, or the skater modes, which help you work on cognitive skills and other things like heads-up play that you don't normally get to work on in a practice or a game. So I implore you to check it out. It helps us out. It helps them out. Support our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena. Get $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Again, that's Hockey Never Stops. That's the code at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Check it out. And without further ado, enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. Hello, hockey friends and families around the world. I am Lee Elias in cold Philadelphia. That's Christy Cashion Burns in freezing Syracuse, New York. And that's Mike Benelli, for those of you not watching, in the very warm Florida Atlantic coast, wearing a Florida's Panthers jersey. It's 76 degrees where he is. He's sweating wearing that jersey. This <laughs> is our kids play hockey. Very special edition. Today's topic, Mike, I'll let you come back at me in a minute for that. But today's topic is actually all about season in review. I realize that we've been doing a lot of postseason episodes, but we didn't take a moment just to sit down and time capsule. What the hell just happened over the last year it was easily the most unique hockey season, good or bad, however you look at it, in the history of my life, both as a fan, a parent, a coach, and a player. So we wanted to review that and go over the good, the bad, and everything that happened so that hopefully 20 years from now when we listen to this again, Mike, you'll probably still be down at the beach, although you'll be retired at that point. Uh, you know, we can Working just look back at this in 20 years from now and at least have something to document this. Because to be honest with you, it is important, right? Because uh, future generations will probably not have to deal with this. And I think it's important that we remember what happened this year. So welcome to the show. Once again, Lee Elias, Christy Ashito Burns, Mike Benelli. Mike, I will give you a second. I did, I did go at you hard there, but I don't feel bad about it. For those of you again not watching, I can see the ocean behind Mike. And I'm stuck here in my studio in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh, and he's showing it off. Look at the guy showing it off. So beautiful. So this means hockey season's officially over, right? Is that is and that what that is, signals? This is, this is this is the mark Done. of the, the, the change the change of seasons. Uh, literally for me, so it was great. It was, uh, it was a much needed. Uh, so relaxed. He's smiling. I don't know. I don't know. If I've ever I have seen never seen him like smile this. like this. Yeah, this is I, I don't. I, honestly, there's so many hockey people down here, and you know, for, I, the other day I went to the Panther game, and they've done a great job of you know allowing people in the building and the social distancing and all the COVID guidelines. And but I'll tell you, it's a it's a hard to go into a rink, you know, wearing flip flops and a t-shirt. It, you know, and just in the hockey season, it just, it doesn't, oh, boo it, it, it doesn't feel, <laughs> but it doesn't, it doesn't feel the same, but I can understand the, the Ooh. allure of, of the, you know, if you're a pro athlete in the Tampa Bay or Florida Panthers, I mean, what, what, you know, what a place to uh, yeah. end your career away. as a free agent. Yeah, well, I'll <laughs> tell right, you, okay. I'm not, I'm not ending my career coaching yet. So, but soon, you know. When I do, this will be the truths place. that are happening. One is that he's wearing that Florida Panthers reverse retro, which is one of the better ones that they made. And this is mimicking, actually nice. mimicking the mid '90s Panthers that went to the Cup and famously lost against the Colorado Avalanche. Oh, but the uh, the other thing is that there's a good chance that within ten circular feet of Mike, there's probably a set of golf clubs and dreams. 
but that's not what yeah, today's not, show I'm, is about. I'm not, I'm not a golfer, but uh, you know, that doesn't mean there's I, not I, golf I, clubs. He's got a fishing the, rod. The, Look at that. Fish, fish right from the balcony. We're good. Well, golf clubs and dreams. Yeah. I think it I sounds like, like a new reality series. That's his book. Guys. It's, it's Golf Clubs <laughs> and Dreams, a memoir by Michael Benelli. Right. Hockey coach. That's got to put the comma there. But now that we're uh, done torturing our audience enough by our wonderful open here, uh, I did want to get into this because, again, I want to go over this year in review, the good and the bad. And, again, I don't need to give everybody a history lesson, but basically from March 2020, Till now, which is the end of March 2021, we have been living in a global pandemic, and it has done lots of things to the hockey world. I remember the day the rinks closed down. Uh, it seemed like the entire country stopped. There were seasons completely lost. There were seasons that started. There were youth seasons that went and stopped and started and went and kept going. There were teams that went to championships. They couldn't play. Just an entirely new world. So, Christy, I want to start with you. I'm going to toss it to you because you probably have the most unique situation here um, with your daughter, right? Because your daughter had a, a horrible but unique experience this year, right? Why don't you start us off? The season that wasn't. You know, we sent her off to college. She plays college hockey in, at uh, St. Michael's, which is in outside of Burlington, if you're not familiar, Vermont. And CAA D1. <laughs> sent her off. We're thinking, they didn't promise a season, but they gave a little bit of hope that maybe they could have some sort of a season. So I was preparing, fully prepared to, you know, I'm going to stay hopeful. I'm going to stay positive. I see some of the college teams did have hockey seasons this past season. Depends on what conference you're in. So, you know, I was preparing to put miles on the car, then the SUV and gas up, make those trips like I did last year. And I didn't miss any games. I went to all of them. And you don't understand what it's like to come to a sudden halt after years and years and years of hockey and your your uh, social calendar totally filled, you know, your hockey, with hockey, everything is hockey. Um, and then to just come to a screeching halt, it was, right. it was a hard adjustment. It was tough for her too, um, because they didn't even have any practices at the time. So it was totally off the ice. Then she came down with COVID uh, from one of her, I think one of her roommates, we're not quite sure how she got it, but it was spreading on campus and she got COVID. So that was horrible. So it was a, it was a tough year. Although, you know, many people have died and lost their loved ones. So I'm not, I'm not going to whine too much because I'm very grateful that it was just a hockey season that, that we lost and nothing more than that. And she recovered still can't taste or smell anything it's been a couple of months but hopefully that'll come back but um you know you look back and you say okay you just got to deal with it you know you just we got thrown a lot of curves and we just you know a lot of punches you just got to kind of figure out how to how to deal with that and um stay positive that was the hardest thing was just staying positive you know Right. A hundred percent. And, you know, again, there's with this entire situation, there's a glass, glass hat, empty side to it. Um, and as you said, we, we should have said this at the top, anyone that has lost a loved one due to COVID-19 or really anything else over the past year, uh, our heart goes out to you completely. As Christy said, um, yeah, I have nothing to complain about right, really. Right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's so minuscule and so minor when you think about well, look, the look, tragedies. The yeah. I think we have a right to complain, but I think we also have to keep in mind, obviously, the levels of complaining compared to everybody else. But look, this has been a hard year on everyone, um, and everybody has some some breathing room here, right, to, to at least vent to each other. But yeah, obviously, those who have lost loved ones, that's an entire different level here. But 
yeah, the glass half empty side of this is the easy part, believe it or not. The glass glass half full, you still haven't missed a game, technically. And the other part of that is that your daughter has done some amazing things with this time off, all right? So let's just, keeping this conversation going, obviously, I want to stay with you, Christy, but uh, I really felt for hockey players this year, uh, 18 and under, really, I should say 22 and under, you know, that it's such a large piece of your life playing this game, being involved with the game, your friends, everything about it. And suddenly just, nope, can't do it. And you just had to swallow that pill. And what I loved watching, believe it or not, Mike, we'll get to you with this in a minute too, was how so many kids responded to this by finding new ways to stay involved in the game without playing, whether that was off the ice or in their community. And your daughter, Christy, is a shining example and, and her, her friends of what can be done when nothing's going on. They found things to do. Why don't you walk us through that? Because I think this is a, a tremendous thing. Yeah, um, it's time to change the culture of hockey in many ways. Um, we need this sport to become more diverse. And uh, college hockey uh, committee was formed and they decided let's pick kids all around the country get them together. We're going to zoom each other, you know, every couple of weeks, we're going to talk about how can we make the sport more diverse and more inclusive and bring everybody in because the sport's only going to get better um, if we're all represented. And um, she got picked to be on this committee and she's been chiming in every couple of weeks and it's the kids who are going to change the future and the look of hockey. And I'm so proud of all of them. And I'm very excited about what they're going to come up with. I think at the the end of the semester, they're going to come up with some of their conclusions and suggestions and how to roll up your sleeves and really get involved so that, you know, hockey needs to look like a community. You know, we need to represent. And we right now, we're not there yet. We're getting there. It's getting better. We got a long way to go. Well, it needs to be inclusive. I think it would be safe to say a few things. One is that this committee probably would not have been formed had there not been a pandemic. Most likely, it would have been a lot slower. The other thing I wanted to comment on that you said is that, you know, kids often, I'm speaking to the kids listening to this show, are often told you're not old enough to understand. You, you're, you haven't had enough experience. But I like what you said, Christy, you know, the youth really do change the future, right? It's, it's rarely the uh, older generations, I'll say to be polite, that, that make the change. If anything, they typically want things to stay the same. And th- there are arguments totally on both sides of this, all right? I experience those play a role. But I like what you said, that, you know, the, they will, it will be those college students and younger that really change the, the direction of the game with support from other communities, which is awesome. Um, you know, they I, I, want to. I mean, they yeah. want to see it change, which right. I love. Right. And that's why it'll start with them. You know, uh, right. staying on the parent side before we go to the coaching side and the business side. You know, uh, I've said this many times on the show. and I'll be brief that my experience was unique. It's my son's first year in hockey. He's an Adam. He was six years old. He's seven now. And I was hell bent prior to this year. Just I'm not coaching my own kid. I need him to have that experience on his own. I was committed to that as a parent. COVID hits and suddenly I'm volunteering because there's no way I can be in the rink and even watch them if I'm not on the ice. So I volunteered and the the magic of that was that I get to coach Adams for the first time in my life. And, you know, um, again, my coaching experience is usually at collegiate and pro levels. And I was taking tips from the, the Adams coach, which I think he was actually very surprised with that I was willing to do that. But I said, I've never coached this level. I don't know what to do, but it's really been a wonderful experience being on the ice with those kids. Uh, really spending that time with my son, being able to skate with him was more enjoyable than I thought. 
Uh, and it even made me think about possibly doing it again in the future. Although I think I am going to step away after the season as he moves up in the mic. Why? I, I, I just want him to have the experience out there and, and uh, on his own, because I think there's a lot I, of pressure on you, right? Though no, on me. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I you were right? yeah so, so yeah, I, here's the one thing. I don't want to put pressure on him, which I think I inadvertently do. Like it's not, not trying to, but yeah, at the same time, it's, you know, there's a lot of anxiety that comes with coaching all the kids at the same time. And, you know, my kid comes up to me, wants to hug me. And I always will hug my child, but I'm always thinking like, should I be doing this in front of the other kids? What do I have to think about the other kids? And I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. My most enjoyable moments this year were actually just being able to sit in the stands and watch them play. Um, and I want to experience that a bit more. I don't necessarily want that responsibility right now on the ice, although I will do it if called upon. I don't want anybody to think I'm like, you know, don't enjoy it. It's just, I just want the other side. Yeah, but Lee, but Lee, one of the other sides of that though, and I've, I've, I've in, in my like counseling of this as a parent right. and as before I was a parent that, the bottom line is these kids need the best kids. I mean, the, the kids need the best coaches. They need the best right. hockey people. So, you know, you almost have to look at it. Yes, it's, it, 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 as long as the parameters are set, and as long as other parents know that you're a parent and this is your child, I think everybody understands that the best thing you want to do is be, you know, you're helping, right. you know, by you helping your child, you're helping 50 kids. Right. Well, be a little me, selfish. Right. But I could see his point too, where you just yeah, want to no, step I get back well, and let me, watch. Let me tell you what I you did. Know? Let me tell you what I did because I get it's it. a good point. So Mike, you'll laugh at this and actually you'll both laugh at this. So <laughs> as soon as the season kind of ended, I started hearing the political talks that you've both been talking about all year, all season on this show. And they were starting to loop me in and I, I just don't want anything to do with it. It's, it's not something I, I just don't want anything to do with it. I don't know how else to say that. So I took a step back and I pretty much told everybody, look, I don't want to be involved in any of these decisions. This is where I'm at. If the organization would like me to come in to speak to the players or come to practice once in a while, and, and I'll give you my, my skill building techniques and team building techniques, I would be happy to volunteer that time as my son's in the organization. But full-time coaching is not something I'm interested in doing right now. Um, not to mention that the conversation, Mike, this is my point, was quickly going from not coaching on my kids' might team, but like, oh, well, the 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 U18s and the U16s. Yeah, yeah. And I'm that, like, well, those oh. are, those are was really enjoyable. Hey, we'd love you to right. coach the team. That's always going the opposite direction as your family. <laughs> right. I'm like, well, I, right. I just, I'm going to do that. And I, I'll say this too. I, 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 not bragging here. Mike, you know, this Christina has multiple businesses. I have books. I have a lot of things that I'm doing and my attitude the reason why I stepped away from coaching full time was because I came to the conclusion and all of you can feel free to disagree with me or agree with me on this. But I came to the conclusion that I could not be a great father and a great coach at the same time. One I of the two things. That. Yeah. One of the two things we're going to give. Uh, and I know which one was going to give. It was obviously the coaching. Right. And I'm not going to give anything to a team if they're not getting my best. Right. So that's that's what I offer the organization was I'll give you my best on these kind of engagements. But I don't feel I, I, I am not the person to coach a team full time. And they were they were really cool about it, to be totally fair. But um, like that's the life of a new hockey parent slash coach now, now my, they, get my daughter in good for you that you recognize yeah. that though you know good for you because a lot of dads don't you know they get right. sucked in and it's, it's i'm so proud that you did that because well, that you. takes a little bit of courage too yeah, especially because there's pressure on a lot of organizations they need volunteers they need good coaches but you have to do what's best for your family well look i was blessed and i really mean that to coach at such a high level at such a young age 
right? So when it comes to coaching, it's not that I'm above youth hockey. I'm not trying to say that, but it, it, I'm not filling any voids by coaching youth hockey. It's not, I'm not proving anything. If I'm doing that, it is strictly to, to benefit the children, right? Um, and like I said, I have a lot on my plate right now and, and I don't want to not give them my best. And I don't think I'm in a position to do that. So that's what I'm making that decision, right? Keeping in mind too, that I do have to say this, that, and, and we'll talk about this later in the episode, you know, I have an organization that benefits massive amounts of youth and I work with massive amounts of, you know, after school programs and, and things to grow the game. So I'm doing my part, <laughs> right? But it, it's one of those things of that, that uh, if I'm able to be out there and they need me, uh, they can ask me and I'll, I will always pick up the phone, but yeah, that's just, that was my experience with it this year. It was really weird. My son's never technically gotten dressed in a locker room with a team, right? Uh, that's something that I think is very unique about anybody six, seven years old. That's just starting this year. He hasn't been in a locker room this year. We've had to get dressed on the way to the rink and get dressed outside of the rink. I mean, it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens when we start getting kids back together. Um, and then, yeah, like just, just from that as a new hockey parent, uh, it was a weird year, but it was also great because the, my son's not missing anything that he knows existed, right? right? The getting dressed before going in, playing and leaving, that's the reality of it for him. He doesn't know anything else. So that took a lot of the stress off, I think, in terms of what the expectations were. But to see him going from barely skating to being one of the yeah. fastest skaters out there, yeah. Nice. Uh, been, yeah, completely wonderful uh, from my point of view. Now, Mike, before- So I got, I got oh, go a question ahead. for Mike. Yeah. Mike, what kind of hockey dad do you think he's going to make? Do you think he's going to be in the ear of those coaches telling them how they should be doing things? Do you think he's going to be able to? My son played 12 minutes of ice time. 12 minutes, 37 seconds. I timed it on this stop. So, 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 and this, is, and this is why. And I, and, well, no, Lee, Lee is obviously going to do the right thing. And I think, you know, just based off of, um, you know, even what he does for a living, right? It's almost like, well, you almost double think and say, okay, this is going to be, uh, you know, you guys, uh, Lee mentioned earlier, you know, the Mighty Ducks and, and the, the new show that's going out, right? And there was this great part where the mom lost her mind on the ice, right. you know, yelling at the coach and it went viral. Like somebody filmed that. And, uh, you know, I look at that all the time, like, oh, you know, because I know if I'm over, leaning over the glass, screaming and yelling at an official, yelling at a coach, having a confrontation. It happened to me just a couple of weeks ago. A parent not on my own team confronted me about my team. And then, oh, aren't you with USA Hockey and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, I said, this is really not the time. And you can email me or call me anytime. I said, but, I, you know, I, I kind of gave myself the 24-hour the rule. But I, I think Lee gets it. And I think, you know, more, I think what I love about Lee being in the stands uh, in this case is that he can be a mentor to those folks that really do start to lose their minds a little bit. I mean, we used to hand out these little cards for parents. And like playing cards. And when you saw a dad getting a little out of control, you'd hand them the card. And on the, on the card, it would just be really simple. Breathe. You know, it can wait. <laughs> just a game. And sometimes it just takes that. And, but you need, but if, if, if Lee's in the stands initiating that, then it could go the other way too, because he's a respected hockey person in his community. So I, I think like it's just, that. I think it's, I you know, I think that. it's great that All he's right, there. Get those and, cards and, and, ready, my friend. But, but I do, but I do, <laughs> but I do, I, I, but I do love the fact that I, you know, I, I really hate the fact that good hockey people feel they can't, they, they can't benefit. Like I see this all the time. Like I, you know, would I love to sit in the stands and watch my son? Yeah, I would. Would I love, am I good at that? No, I'm not good at that. I, I'm like, Oh man, let, this is, we gotta, like, let's, let's just be more efficient. Let's be, be more fun now. And, and I think that, you know, we haven't really talked about this, but it's also the age, 
you know, it's a lot easier to let, you know, your five and six and seven year old, as long as they're having fun and nobody's grabbing them and they're doing hockey related things out there. Right. It's so much like I watch like my, my seven year old, I watch now. I don't, I don't do anything with him. I just sit in the stands. He knows I'm up there. And I think he almost gets like, how come you're not coaching my team? Like you coach Michael, Michael all this time. So I, I you know, that it's hard. It's, it's definitely not easy, but I think with parents that are listening yeah. and involved, be aware that find the best hockey people for your kids. And if they're a mom, a dad, a parent on a team, you know what? They're, they're, they're going to, hopefully they're going to do what's best for their kid, which in turn is going to be best for your kid. Right. And I, I think that. that's just, I, I think that. that's just, I think, you know, when I hear professional coaches, you know, paid 24 year old kids that just get out of college, that they're considered a professional coach, that they're going to be better than a 40 year veteran of the game just because he's a parent. I don't know. I don't buy it. I don't know about that either. And I'll tell you this too, that, you know, one of the things with me that I know is you know, I'm very focused on control, things that I control and not losing my mind. And what's funny is when I'm in the stands, Mike, I'm actually kind of opposite of you. When I'm in the stands, I have control over nothing. So I'm very calm. Right. Uh, and this is with everything, pro sports, everything like it's tough to get me riled up, even at a bad call. But if I'm on the bench, I'm very much in control. And it's a little bit of a different version of me and it can get very intense. And, I, and I'll admit this freely. That version of me is not exactly built for a six, seven, eight year old at this time. Right. I need to mature a little bit as a coach. Right. Um, I'm, I'm being honest. I, I'm always growing as a coach. I'm, I'm not I would not be a great coach at the youth levels today. It doesn't mean it won't happen in the future. But um, I'm just very self-aware of that. Now, one thing I want to turn to is we're all talking about our experiences as parents. Uh, Mike, I, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, is the sun in your eyes? I just saw you look up and... I, I love the wind. I, the, the, the wind's blowing out of hair. The sun was starting to set and I, I just had to get a glimpse of it. You just had to get a glimpse. smile <laughs> on his face. Yeah, we haven't seen Mike smile all year. He's been smiling. No, it's been, I've been miserable. I've been miserable. That, no, that, so, that like, wind <laughs> blowing in yeah, the if you, if you're listening, you should Go check this out. I'm sorry. Facebook or YouTube, if yeah. you have a chance, just to see Mike <laughs> just to pouring, see pouring it up that. like Dr. Strange over here. So Mike, here's what I want to ask you. Um, you know, you, you coached at the highest level this season between all of us. And to be honest with you, you coached all over the place this year. Why don't you just quickly walk us through as, as best you can, the experience from the, from the shutdowns on of how you were able to manage this. And you've done amazing things on zoom. You've done amazing things with your kids. You made the game happen in your area. Why don't you walk us through that? Yeah, no, thank you. And, and it was, it's a, it was, I, well, you know, so let's, let's put COVID aside. The challenge of the adversity right. is what I really loved. I, 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 you know, I really embraced the fact that, well, okay, we can all just pack it in and say, okay, well, season's over. But like right. even to Christy, you know, her team at the college level and your Adam team and people found a way to connect kids, do something they love, find a different thing to do. But I think from the hockey side of me, I just wanted the kids to feel like they weren't losing something, right. that they were actually gaining something. So whether I was working with like the New York blind hockey folks or, you know, working down in Brooklyn or doing the ice hockey in Harlem stuff, I wanted them to feel as normal as possible with my own team. I wanted them to feel like this is a hockey program. This is a community. This is a family. This is a team. We're going to do the things that are within our control, like to your point earlier, there's a lot of things that are, are not in my control. It's not in my control that we can get dressed in the locker room. It's not in my control that uh, we can play, you know, 15 games in two weeks. Not my, that's not, those are things that are out of my control. What I can control is that when we are together, Zoom, 
online, video chat, socially distanced in a parking lot or on the ice, that we're going to make the best of it. And I like the fact that I was able to, um, you know, embrace that and really challenge myself to, you know, even when, when, I, when I was going over with the, some coaches early, early, early on, designing all these COVID socially distanced practices, they're actually fun. And we, we, we came up with a lot of things that I think are going to transcend the pandemic and, right. and the season for sure. Yeah, so you found some better ways to do things. Well, just, yeah. And different and, and found the fact that we all of a sudden where I think a year ago, if you would have told people that their kids were going to get on zoom and experience something fun and energized and athletic, and they were able, and you were able, you're going to be able to connect with them with 12 and 13 and 14 year old kids. I, I was, listen, I was the first skeptic of the whole thing. We, I did the coaching education program with USA hockey and we did, I don't know, 15, 20, 30 clinics online. I was like, there's zero way this is going to be as fun as sitting in a room with coaches. And it actually was a thousand times better. The breakout rooms, the, the fact that people were more engaged, the fact that you could pinpoint your time better. People were comfortable. They were on their own couches, you know, in a coaching education program and not schlepping, you know, five hours to go to a clinic for eight hours in a, in a hot hotel room. They were actually really engaged and learning. And so I think all of us, like I said, you know, even from the coaching education program, they'll learn a lot from this year and that, uh, you know, there's going to be great, better ways to do some of the things we do with our coaches. You know, what's interesting to me is that for this entire past year, I feel like that a majority of people have been asked to focus on the negatives that have come as a result of coronavirus. And look, to be fair, there's plenty of negatives. So I'm not, not ignoring that, but um, it's so often hard for people to see the positive, right? And, you know, when we look back on this, and it's very hard to do it in the moment, I, I acknowledge that, but, you know, 5, 10, 15 years, even longer from now, when we look back, so much came out of the pandemic, um, not just even the technological advancements or the fact that we can all sit in our underwear and have meetings now with nobody judging us, uh, but the, the other things on. that were created, yeah, yeah, I hope so. The, the <laughs> other things that were created, um, and, you know, we only have a few minutes left that I want to, I want to, you know, transfer to this real quick, but here's, here's a good example. This podcast doesn't exist if there's no pandemic, Right. Um, you know, Christy, I probably don't meet you if there's no pandemic and we have this great outlet and we have parents contact us now. We have emails or people asking to be on our show and people have found value in this show. Um, that doesn't happen without a pandemic. You know, um, one of the things I do want to focus on is also the businesses uh, that have taken a step up in the pandemic. Now I'm going to fully disclose, I'm going to talk about my business and Mike's business and Christy's business. If it's too pluggy for you at home, I apologize. It's not, that's not my intention at all. Uh, and there are other businesses out there that I hope we can highlight in this segment. But, you know, when hockey got shut down, um, my team at Hockey Wraparound were in a very interesting position where suddenly our product, which is literally used to allow you to play outside, came into a massive demand, more than we have ever, ever could have expected. Um, and obviously, there were some initial uh, hurdles we had to jump just to get enough product in place. But what I was proud of is my team and I committed to making sure that everyone in the hockey community knew that we cared. And we established a program to give a wraparound away for free every day, just to any kid that shared a video of them practicing outside. Just show us that you can enjoy hockey outside and we'll send you a wraparound. And then we took it to the next level. I contacted Mike Christie. This is before I even met you. I said, Mike, we got to create some sort of initiative that's going to allow teams to get these wraparounds right now. They need them. We have them. 
and it's, this isn't even about us making money. We just have to offer them at a, at, a, at a place that can get them. And we created the Wraparound Youth Initiative, which was offering wraparounds at the, literally the, I mean, it's cost. I don't know how else to say it, right? right? Just to get them out there in the community. And Mike and I were willing to offer free coaching and videos. And, uh, you know, we're not the only company that had did, done that, right? Um, you know, the outreach from a lot of the hockey organizations and companies to say, look, we know you're hurting. We want to make this better for you right now in a completely organic way, right? Like, like, like I'm not going to lie. We're very fortunate at Wraparound at the circumstances, but we wanted to give back and we did. And my team totally shined within that. And I hope the hockey community noticed. I think they did from all the messages that we're getting. But then on top of it, when you look at our kids play hockey, man, we, we got to interview hockey in Harlem. Uh, you know, the rinks got opened up again. Like, I'm not saying, you know, we were a huge part of that difference, but the, the word got out there. I think that's our most watched episode of all time. Um, you know, Mike, you did things. Christy, I know your books were out there during the pandemic, right? My kids read your books during the pandemic just to stay closer to the game. So let me let me go to Mike first. We'll go reversal here because, again, we only have a few minutes. But, Mike, I, I thought that, that the hockey business community really championed this pandemic. They weren't. They weren't doing it the wrong way. You know what I mean? They really gave back. They really let kids and families know we're here for you. And that was really endearing to see for me. Well, listen, even the simple things like rinks trying to find ways to be creative, putting tents outside right. for parents to be outside and watch their hockey game outside. And TVs too. And the, and the kids and TVs. And you look at the equipment manufacturers and, you know, many that went out and said, okay, well, we got to be strategic here. We're going to have a backload of equipment. So what can we do? All of a sudden you saw all those inner city, special needs, urban communities getting free equipment from the Bauer and CCM and True Hockey and everyone else. And they did all that stuff because obviously they had a need to do it, right? But it was also, it, it, it turned into a very philanthropic opportunity. Our hockey wraparound initiative, that thing was organic and it was a product that people needed anyway. Right. And like, well, okay, well, they really need it. So let's gouge them and let's get the highest level price we can. Right. But the fact that what you did and your the team saying, right. no, what they, they need it yeah. and we want them to have it, but we can't, you know, it's like, I, I do this with the floorball stuff. Like, I can't give it away, but I can, I can certainly make it so economical that you can't right. not get it. And I, I want you, I, I never want to hear that a child, and this is right now too, when you hear this episode, you contact any one of us. I never want to hear that your kid wasn't able to do something because they couldn't find the way to do it. Right. We'll find a way to do it. And I think that's what a lot of these programs did that we, you know, uh, you know, throwing a, a, a Milik ball and a, and a, and a green biscuit out there, uh, you know, certainly makes life a lot easier for your kid. Right. Uh, when you, when, when the only alternative is to sit and do nothing, I'm like, right. well, that's not it. Get out and get moving and, and, and throw your, uh, get your hockey stick out there. So I think there was so many really cool things that, um, Again, I, I no, 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 no way saying that anything wasn't negative, right. but right. I, I always, I, I am, I, I hope that most of the time, you know, I'm an optimistic person. And I think by taking the opportunities that we had, and I know I looked at it like day to day, because at the beginning of this too, it literally was, okay, well, it's 10 days. It's 15 days. Yeah. Is it 20 weeks. days? Is two it four weeks. months to two weeks? Right. And which is fine. But it, it, think about all these parents, they didn't know what to do. And, right. and, you know, I, I really felt obligated to fill those voids and, and all the coaches out there that I watched that contacted me and did all the extra stuff. And I'm not saying it had to be appreciated, but I don't think anybody realizes how much time and energy went into doing all those things. 
me, I, I, I'm not comfortable on Zoom. I'm like, I'm not going to go on Zoom and do stick handling classes and, <laughs> and, 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 you know, do calisthenics with the kids in the driveway. But, you know, I found a way to do it. And I, and I really do. And I know I did. I know it was appreciated because of the response that I got back. And um, I love that. I almost felt like my joy was actually receiving the joy. <laughs> you know, that, like I, I, I felt a lot of joy in it because I received such good positive feedback from the kids that had a great time. Well, when you blow all the politics out of it, you know, you realize you really do have just a tremendous amount of volunteers and people who care about the game. And sometimes in, in you know, when there's a national election going on or things are very, you know, fiery, I'll say, it can be tough to look past that and just say, look, this guy's dedicating his time. This woman's dedicating their time to you're a kid. It, it, but this this pandemic was a good reminder. I'm, I'm glad you said that, Mike. And, you know, just a, a, a team tip for people out there, too. You, you know, you mentioned with wraparound, uh, you know, we made it more economical. One of our major visions and missions at wraparound is to make the game more accessible. And when this happened, we really did sit down and say, you know, if this is our goal, we have to do it. This is the time. This is the time. This is not going to happen again in our lifetimes. We need to make sure that we're living by our word. And we tried to do that. Now, Christy, I want to throw it to you too, oh, because yeah. you know, I'm sure you've seen a lot during the pandemic. Oh, I think the other thing that was so cool is I even joined a Facebook page that said backyard ranks. I loved all the backyard <laughs> rinks that went up and how creative families got in creating hockey right in their own backyard. Uh, old school, like uh, my dad used to do when we were kids. Of course, he just used two by fours and plastic. These rinks are fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie and I got so inspired because I mean, all these rinks were popping up everywhere. We said, we're going to hit as many outdoor rinks as possible when she was home during the, uh, the holiday break. So we threw our skates in the back of the car and we went from one town to another town to another town to another town. We hit six outdoor rinks in a day. And we were skating, it was like till eight o'clock at night. And uh, so we started out early in the morning, the sun was just coming up and then we saw the sun go down. That was the best day. It was so much fun. So, you know, as much as we missed being on the ice, you know, we found the ice, uh, the ice found us. And uh, yeah, so that's just kind of an example of how you just kind of find new ways to stay close to it and, and just, enjoy the things you love. I got to tell you though, I, I, I had huge hockey withdrawal and everybody is, Oh, you miss hockey. You miss hockey. It's not so much that I miss hockey. I just missed watching her play. Right. I miss seeing her out there. That's what I miss the most is just watching her play. That, uh, that was tough. That was right. really tough. Especially, you know, yeah. just, since she was two years old, you know, She's 18 well, now. So it that's will a, return. It's a long time. <laughs> right. You know, a long time. The one thing I'll say in closing here is that uh, I didn't ask for all this extra time with my kids over the past year. And, and there have been some moments where it's been a little testy. But in, in reality, I am very thankful and blessed that I had so much extra time with my kids over the past year. When, when, will, you ever, when will you ever be given a free year with your kids like this? And, yeah. We're never going to get that back. All right. Right. I, I'm not saying it's the easiest thing. I don't want any parent out there to say, you know, it has not always been lovely in my house, but. And he's uh, not saying we want it next year. No, I don't want saying. another year of it. I'm, <laughs> I didn't just, like I'm when they started having for the chandeliers. They just kind of got to you. Was I'm, it bothering you? I'm just very <laughs> thankful for the year. No, no, you know what I'm trying to say. It, it, yeah. Come with me. This is Mike. You talked about adversity. So 
again, this is a little bit of a shorter episode, but here's what I want to do. Uh, and we're going to post this. It's in the post with the episode. Share your stories. Share what you learned from the pandemic. How did your community, how did your kids, how did you cope with the pandemic as a hockey family? And good and the bad, right? Hopefully you can share some stories. I, I, I'm really hoping that this episode, we get a huge chat chain below it of all these people talking about the triumphs of the pandemic in the face yeah. of adversity, right? Because they, they go hand in hand on this one. Also want to let you all know that it might be the end of the hockey season, but we have a tremendous amount of pretty awesome guests coming up on our kids play hockey. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag yet, but I want all you to know that keep tuning back in. You can see all the episodes at ourkidsplayhockey.com, or you can check out wherever podcasts are delivered. We're on all of the major podcast platforms. As always, you can email us at team at ourkidsplayhockey.com. But this has just been a lovely show. We've been doing it for, I think, 25 plus episodes now. And we're not slowing down. We're not stopping. So, And if with it weren't said, for the pandemic, I never would have gotten together exactly. with it. So I'm right? so super grateful for that. It's just been a, I love this. Yeah. And you have the pandemic to blame for having to deal with Mike and I. So, and that, that's okay. the truth. I love so, it. For Christy Cassiano Burns and Mike Benelli, I'm Lee Elias. This has been another great edition of Our Kids Play Hockey, and we will see you next time. Have a great day, everyone.